0: We're halfway there. Our scripture reading is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 11, and John chapter six fifty one. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And from John... I am the living bread that came down from heaven if anyone eats of this bread he will live forever and the bread that i will give for the life of the world is my flesh please be seated god bless the reading and hearing of his word all right good morning everyone and happy mother's day Um, I think we can all be very, very grateful uh, for our mothers in our lives, and uh, dedication sacrifice that they have made to enable us to be here, right? And uh, so very, very grateful uh, on this Mother's Day. And as David mentioned as well, uh, this past weekend, we, uh, many of us were treated to an amazing experience and performance, and uh, we're very, very grateful for the many hands that really made it possible And as David pointed out, in particular, uh, Victor and Yvonne, and to really just doing a lot of the uh, grunt work to just make this uh, a blessing for our community. And we really trust that uh, the Lord has really used us to uh, really bring about tremendous spiritual fruit in the way of uh, seeds of the gospel being sown and some of that fruit uh, being realized as well. So we're very, very grateful to God And at the same time, we are also very grateful to Sandra and Raymond. And um, yeah, I'm going to just invite uh, Sandra and Raymond to come up here. We've just prepared something, just a very, very small token of our appreciation. Well, maybe a rather large token of our appreciation. Um, (laughs) This is a, this, uh, I I was telling Yvonne Chan, as you can see, whoa. Whoa. No, just kidding. All right. Uh, That, you know, of all the different gift baskets or things were prepared in the past, um, this is by far the best that I've seen. And no credit to me, (laughs) it was completely a work of our ministry called Knit of Love. And in it, uh, there's this uh, great pillow that's handmade. and yes, the Lord is my shepherd, uh, Psalm 23 right there. And there's a, uh, I guess it's a heating pack. So just kind of, yeah, a relaxant. And wow, I would really like this too. <laughs> but this is good stuff. And so just different treats and everything. And again, just, a, just a, you know, our way of just really saying thank you so much uh, for your ministry to us. And uh, I'll give this to Raymond because he's, you know, he can kind of, (laughs) and just, yeah, yes. And yeah, so we're so thankful. Can we, uh, I would like for us just to pray for them. Uh, You know, God is really using them in powerful ways. Uh, They've done, uh, as Sandra was sharing, they've done, uh, been to 13 countries, right? And they've done 250 of these performances around the world. And so we know that God is really uh, being glorified tremendously through their work and ministry and we just want to continue to pray for you. So uh, why don't we do that together right now? Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful, God, that you have called us into your kingdom. Uh, Thank you so much. Jesus, as we worship you uh, this morning, you are the living God. You are our Christ. You are our King, uh, the Son of God. We are so thankful, God. And God, we're so thankful for this weekend as well that you brought Sandra Raymond to our church. And we're so thankful for not only their gifts and their talents, which are so evident, but even more so their hearts, uh, that they have this pure heart to just want to serve you and to make Jesus known. And we are so blessed because of their ministry and their labor of love uh, to us as a church and to this community. God, I pray that you would continue to be with them as they uh, travel, um, as they continue to serve you um, throughout the world, that your hand would be upon them, that you would enable the, the work the work of their hands to be established, uh, that you would be greatly glorified, expanding the work of your kingdom. Through them, through their talents and their hearts before you. Uh, be with Sandra, Lord. Uh, we know that th- the past couple weeks were physically very uh, trying in different ways. But Lord, we are reminded that when we are weak, that you are strong, and that your grace is sufficient for all things. So would you make all grace abound uh, for Sandra in her weakness? And would you make it abound more and more so that she would have the grace to do what you call her to do. Lord, thank you uh, for uh, this time, and thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can worship you right now, and open up our hearts to your word, we pray. Amen. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes. All right. All right. Um, well, we are continuing in a series that we began several weeks ago in the Lord's Prayer. And we've been looking at Matthew chapter 6. And the first part of the Lord's Prayer is, um, really focuses upon the true source of our life and our happiness and um, what our life is really all, all about, which is knowing God himself. In worshiping him, adoring him, seeking God's kingdom. And so we looked at the first part, our Father in heaven, that God has invited us as his children to come before him. And we have this amazing privilege of knowing him, of uh, being connected to him through Jesus. And then we go to hallowed be your name. And as we pray this, uh, we are praying that we are set apart uh, for God's glory and that God, when he has saved us and redeemed us, is now going to uh, desire to use us both individually but as a church to, to glorify the name of Jesus. We howl his name as well as the way that we live our lives to show the greatness of God we pray your kingdom come and this is a prayer that as god has saved us that now he wants to use you to be on mission with jesus in this world and so we pray your kingdom come Uh, may your kingdom come in this world and may use my life to help others to know who jesus is and then we pray your will be done and this is a prayer of surrender god that I may not know and understand everything that happens in my life, but I want to trust you, and I trust that your will for my life is truly good, and yet your wisdom, your love for me, uh, that you are leading me. So we pray uh, your will be done in our lives. Well, the second half of this prayer that we're going to talk about uh, this morning is we go to give us this day our daily bread then focuses on on our needs and it's right that we should start off focusing on god and uh, putting our perspective in the right place and then we pray for our personal needs in different ways Um, i've shared with some of you that uh, i love flying Uh, i enjoy it i enjoy you know everything from the takeoff to the landing and then but one of the things i really enjoy about flying and uh Francois, if you, you, know, if you ever want to you know, invite me to go flying, I'd be happy to do that. Uh, he's our pilot and so one of the things I enjoy about flying though is you know, Francois would know, right? But when you're up there and you're climbing and you, you know, you're maybe 10,000 feet, 15,000 feet or whatever, but you can begin to see the city and the community below you and, and everything when you're up in the air looks so calm, right? so peaceful. Even the LA traffic looks peaceful, right? It just looks like dots and like, wow, so peaceful. It's lined up (laughs) well. uh, That's at least what it looks like, right? Um, But yeah, I'm just reminded that when we go to God and we are looking at our lives and we're looking at this world from God's perspective and we are seeing the greatness of who God is and we're magnifying God, we're adoring Him, Uh, we see God in all His glory, our life really comes into perspective, right? And the things that we think are problems or the things, things that we think are major issues and we get really hung up on these things, all of a sudden start shrinking down to its proper size. And that's why, as we pray the Lord's Prayer, it's so important that we center ourselves on God and worshiping Him, adoring Him, as we do so, We find our hearts just settling down. If we were to reverse this and we were to say, to come before God, God, give me this day, my daily bread, and we're to start off that way, well, you can pray those things, but our hearts will still be anxious. And we can kind of turn prayer into something that tries to manipulate God to fit our ends, our purposes. And that's why it's so important that we learn to just worship. Be in God's presence. Enjoy God. Call out, you're my Father in Heaven. You act always in your greatest love and wisdom for my life. And I can trust you. And so this prayer, um, this only works, the integrity of this prayer only works as we really follow as Jesus taught us to pray. Well, this day, um, well, right now, we do want to focus on this aspect when Jesus teaches us, give us this day our daily bread. Um, Give us this day our daily bread. What does this mean? And I want to just share with you maybe a few truths that um, was very, very helpful for me is I was just thinking about my daily life as well, and I hope is helpful for all of you as well. So... Three things I just want to share with you. First of all, when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, what we are really learning to do is we are learning humble gratitude, first and foremost. Give us this day our daily bread. It's not really first primarily about pleading and saying, God, give me, you know, give me these wants, give me these needs, But what we're doing is we're actually learning to recognize that God is the source of all that is truly good He's a giver, the great giver One of the helpful acronyms that many of us have been taught Since we came to faith in Christ is the acronym ACTS Right, A-S-A-C-T-S. Yeah, Yeah, Anyway, ACTS Alright, you know, you know, alright A-C-T-S and, uh, you know, we know that A stands for adoration, C stands for confession, uh, T for thanksgiving, and S for supplication. Well, I don't know if you ever looked at the Lord's Prayer, and you thought, okay, I see the adoration, um, I see the confession, forgive us our debts, and uh, I see the supplication, give us this day our daily bread. But have you ever thought, as you looked at this prayer, well, where's the, the thanksgiving part? You know, where does that come into play? Doesn't, doesn't Jesus want us to be thankful Well, it is implied, I think, in this phrase give us this day our daily bread. Um, When we are praying this, we are presuming, again, that God is the provider. That's what we're presuming. And therefore, because God is a provider, we are to acknowledge and give thanks. And I want you to think about your daily life. um, As I was looking at this, and i was just thinking about my daily life think about all the needs that you have every single day from the moment you get up right physically this day you know i am, i need water you know i need to be hydrated i need food constantly i need you know i need to eat right like some of us three, four, five, six times a day, right? I mean, we need to we need to be eating um, relationally, right? We cannot thrive without community, without good relationships, for friendships, meaningful relationships in our lives, emotionally, This, the need to feel loved and, and cared for and protected. But we need our bodies, our minds. We need rest and rejuvenation. We need sleep. We need... Um, We need those times where we could just draw back and just recoup, right? We need strength. We need energy throughout the day and all the challenges that we're going to face, all the things that God calls us to. And we need supernatural strength for that, for school, for work, for a sense of meaning and significance of what you're doing with your life. We need hope for the future um, that we cannot as we talked about at Easter, we cannot thrive without this sense of hope about the future. We need church. We need worship. We need prayer. We need the Word of God. We need service. We need ministry. We have so many needs in our lives. Right? We're very, very needy people. Very needy. And God is faithful. And he provides day after day, moment after moment, all these abundance of needs that we have every single day as very finite people in this world. This is what God does. And this is an acknowledgement. God, my life, what I get to do, the fact that I get to worship you here in this place, with God's people to hear your word, to pray, to enjoy r- friendships, to enjoy work, to whatever it is. God, you are the, the giver of every perfect gift, every good gift. Matthew 6:31 to 32, Jesus says, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. And that's why Jesus says, as you pray, focus on praying your kingdom come, because Jesus knows all your needs, and He will provide. God knows, but we seek first God's kingdom, and then He will take care of us. As we ask for His daily bread, as I said, we just give thanks. And I found it very helpful uh, this past week just to be refocused on this phrase to say, God, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for my family, for my friends, for my church. I'm so thankful for my work and what I get to do as a pastor. It's an enormous privilege. I'm so thankful um, just for so many things in my life. And we, as we learn to do this, uh, pray this prayer, we're learning to cultivate humble gratitude before our God. Well, the second thing I want you to see in this passage is we also learn generosity and kindness. Now, this one is not as obvious. But I want you to know this: that when Jesus teaches us to pray, give, give us this day our daily bread, he does not say, give me... This day, my daily bread, right? Did you catch, as we were talking about the Lord's Prayer, that we come before our God and we say, Our Father in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. And Martin Luther, he notes that when we pray this prayer, that it has a strong social connotation about it. That when we are asking God to give us this day our daily bread that we are also seeking bread Not just for ourselves, but we're seeking bread for those around us for others That we are seeking to share our bread with those around us ensure their well-being It has a strong social dimension. We're praying for our friends for our family for our church our neighborhoods, our community. We're praying for the whole world. And this is the essence of this prayer. 1 John 3.17, John says, If anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart again, how does God's love abide in him? How does God's love abide in him? But as Jesus supplies our needs, as He has given us of His love, and as we see the people around us, and we see the needs of of our church, but we see the needs of our community, it would be the heart of Christ that we would just pray this. Lord, would you use me as a channel to be a blessing? Would you help me to share? Help me to learn to be kind. Help me to learn to be generous with the resources you've given me. And we've been very abundantly blessed. Right? We are so amazingly blessed. And God wants to use all the blessings, spiritual, physical, material, relational, um, whether influence, power, whatever it is that God has given you, God wants to use it in such a way so that, that the people around you, um, that they would know that God is, the, God is the source of all that is good. But the third thing that... I want to share, and um, this point is going to be a little bit longer, so, you know, I know it's a little disappointing for some of you to hear. It's like, oh, it's going by so fast. Okay, but I'm going to spend a little bit more time here, okay? So, um, yeah. The third one, though, is this. We learn uh, daily dependence on God. We learn daily dependence on God. So, we ask the Lord, give us this day our daily bread, and What I want to emphasize here is that this prayer, it it is daily, and even more so, um, even more moment by moment. Um, This, I think, oftentimes, I would say, goes against our nature. Uh, I not only love flying, but I love Costco. Yes, I know, the two are very related, right? Can't you see it? Next to In-N-Out, Costco is probably my favorite store. Yes, In-N-Out is a store. I I regard it as a store. But anyway, um, but yeah, one of the things I love about Costco, right? You go there, um, and you can't just buy one toothpaste. You got to buy three, right? You can't just buy four rolls of toilet paper. You got to buy, like, 20, right? And there's something about that, though, that you you get this, like, huge toilet paper thing, right? And you, you stick it in your garage, and it's like, ah. Like, I feel kind of secure. I know, it's kind of weird, but I feel like, oh, I've got enough toilet paper to last me for a while, right? Well, when you have a family of five, it goes by like that. But, <laughs> but you kind of feel secure about it. And, um, yeah, there's something that's very satisfying about bulk, right? And you feel like, wow, like, look at all this stuff, you know? And, um, but... You know, that's not necessarily a great thing, right? Uh, lots of times, I think that we can have this Costco mentality to life, right? We maybe hoard or we put our trust in the wrong things and we, we uh, want to just um, find our sense of security in collecting and saying, look at this, look at all these resources that I've got. And I was challenged Honestly, this past week, to re-examine my own life and my own heart as I looked at uh, God's dealings with the nation of Israel. In Exodus chapter 16, God instructed the Israelites to collect only one day's worth of manna that God would provide for his people. As this, the Israelites were wondering as they were going through the desert. God instructed them, do not pick up any more than what's needed for them just today. And God wanted to teach them a powerful lesson that he alone is their provider. And if they tried to collect more than a day's worth, the excess would rot. It would be no good. So he teaches them that he will only provide what they needed for that day and not any more that they would have to learn to depend on on him on a daily basis. And when we are praying this prayer to Jesus, to God, what we are doing is we are saying, Lord, I depend upon you completely every single day. And I submit and I surrender myself completely, every part of my life to you. I cannot put my trust in my resources, I cannot put my trust in my finances, my bank accounts, I cannot put my trust in what's going to happen tomorrow, in my job, in my job security or insecurity, I cannot put my trust in any of those things, that my dependence is upon you alone. And what you promise is not an abundance for tomorrow, but what you promise is grace for today and not beyond. It's difficult because we have a Costco mentality and we want to collect and we want to hoard or we want to say, well, look at this. Look at what I've got. And it goes against our nature of self-dependence. We're not entitled to bread. We're not to take it for granted. We're to submit ourselves completely to God and let God order our lives on a day-by-day basis. And as I was thinking about this, prayer really is the litmus test of whether we really depend upon God. Not your knowledge of the Bible, not your theology it's prayer how much do you pray does your prayer life reflect that you really depend upon God well I want to show you a couple things here prayer is both spontaneous and it's systematic it's unprompted and yet it's also disciplined This daily practice, this rhythm of setting aside both morning and evening, as well as in between for prayer. Eugene Peterson, uh, he passed away uh, maybe a few weeks ago, and um, I've been greatly benefited by many of his writings, his books in the past, but he made an observation about Psalm 4 and Psalm 5, about the nature of prayer. Prayer. That Psalm 4 ends in the evening, but Psalm 5 starts in the morning. And this was a helpful framework for me personally in terms of my prayer rhythm before God. But in the evening, in Psalm 4, we examine what happened to us this day. At the end of the day, we examine some of our frustrations, our disappointments. Maybe the, the, the wrong ways that we reacted to different circumstances or people We recall, replay the events of the day. And we also take our sighs, our distresses before the Lord. We also remember the joys and the blessings of that day as well. And so in Psalm 4, for example, David says, "'Answer me when I call, O God, of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer.'" And then he says, be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your beds in the evening and be silent. Offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. So at the end of the day, offering the right sacrifices before God, the anger or the distresses you experienced that day, how do you bring it before God? How do you put your trust in the Lord? And then it ends the Psalm four in the sense of restfulness and prayer, of entrusting all our cares in our life into God. So in verse eight, this is the way it ends, "In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety." So what is prayer, according to Psalm four? Prayer is restfulness. There's a sense in which in prayer, we say, God, you're the one alone who's in control. I cannot control my life. I cannot control these things. I cannot control these people. I entrust it all over to you. Lord, um, I know that I can lie down in safety because everything is under your care. However, if you look at Psalm 5, the tone kind of switches. And this is a prayer for the morning. It says in Psalm 5, O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. Well, what kind of prayer is David praying in the morning? If you look at verse 7 to 8, he goes on to say, But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house, I will bow down toward your holy temple, and if you're of you, Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness. Because of my enemies, make your way straight before me. Now, what kind of prayer is this? This does not sound like a prayer of restfulness. This sounds like a prayer of deliverance, right? David is asking God, God, as I come before you, as I start this day, I know that there are enemies against me. I know that there's going to be trouble ahead of me this day. Lord, make your way straight. Would you deliver me? Would you be with me as I bow down before you, as I submit myself right now to you, submit my day, myself, my heart before you? This is what David is praying. So as we look at this, there's a couple things I want you to know. The daily rhythm of prayer, of setting aside set times morning and evening start the day and the day in prayer before God but i want you to see that prayer is both watch it's both restful and expectant prayer is not just simply a way to find rest in the lord but it is anticipating What God will do through your prayers to change the world. You see, I think some people say that prayer is simply aligning my will to God's will. And while that is true, this can sound like prayer makes no real difference, right? Other than Passive resignation Okay, God, whatever your will is I know that's what's going to happen So, you know, just Prayer is nothing, nothing more than um, God changing me That's it And just aligning my will to yours Yes, that's true But the Bible is also filled With many examples Such as Psalm 5 Where prayer was also a means Of God changing Your, changing the world around you Of giving real deliverance. That makes a real difference as well. That there is elimination of evil. There's comfort for the suffering. That Elijah prayed that it would not rain. And it did not rain for three and a half years. Why else would the Bible be filled with so many encouragements for us to pray? Others see prayer maybe as a magic formula. To get God to do what they want him to do. Prayer is nothing more than a Christian incantation, right? And if they don't get what they want, then it leaves them frustrated and bitter. God, you didn't answer my prayer. I prayed for this. Why didn't you hear me? Why didn't you answer my prayer? But I want you to see that when you look at Psalm 4 and Psalm 5 combined together, we get a more complete picture of what it means to depend upon God. The prayer is both restful trust, but it's also expectant for God to transform. It's not passive resignation, and it's not manipulation, but it's restful anticipation for God to genuinely use our prayers according to his promises. That we can both rest assured, ultimately, in God, and that he will do better than what we may have even expected because of prayer. Well, why bread? Bread is symbolic, right? And Bread is symbolic for all the essentials of life, all the things that we need, but bread is also symbolic for Christ himself and the word of God. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Uh, Matthew says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And here, Jesus is telling us that we have many needs, but our greatest need is not physical, it is to have this fellowship with God Himself, by far the greatest need, through His Word, and that without this fellowship with God through His Word, no matter how many needs physically or emotionally or relationally are met in our lives, we are very impoverished, we're very poor. Jesus himself says in John chapter 6 verse 51 that he himself, he says, after this miracle of feeding the 5,000 and using this miracle, you know, everyone's satisfied, their bellies are full, it's like, oh, that was such a great meal, you know, and, um, and then Jesus takes this moment and he says, he points to the greater truth behind that, where he says, I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. You know, as people were hearing these words of Jesus, they were they were kind of grossed out. What? What do you mean? Your flesh? That's you know, that's that's kind of gross. My flesh. Um, but what did he mean? He's speaking, of course, of his death on the cross. That his body is the bread. His blood is the wine. And that through His death on the cross, that He would ensure that we would be united with Him forever. That united, to be united with Christ means that actually you have God's ultimate favor upon you. When we fill our lives with so many things and we're getting anxious because we don't have this and we don't have that. Do you realize that we are totally losing sight of what we really have in Christ? To have Christ is to have everything. Why? Because you have God's favor. But if you don't have Christ, you've got problems. Real problems. But if you're united with Christ, we are assured That as we pray, that God is pleased, and He's not disappointed with our feeble efforts. Some of us, when we talk about prayer, there's kind of this sort of guilt. Ah, I know I should pray more. I'm really terrible at praying. Ah, you know, I, I know that there are so many needs and so many things I should be praying about. I should be more grateful. I should be... Uh, Praying more for my neighbors, uh, for the world, the missionaries, you know, the community. I should be doing this a lot better. I'm terrible at it. But actually, to be united with Christ means that whatever attempts that we make at prayer, even taking those small steps towards God, that God is not disappointed. He's not saying, well, it's about time, you know, you're starting to get it. That God is pleased, He's pleased with those efforts. And it means that whatever God responds, whether God responds in the way that we thought he would or maybe not in the way that we thought he would, that God really does hear your prayer. He does. And in prayer, that God, he will either give you what you ask for or he gives you what you would have asked for If you knew all that he knew that you should have asked for if you saw things from god's perspective and his wisdom and his love and what is truly best he's going to give you what you should have what you would have asked for had you seen it from his perspective and because of that we can trust we can take steps towards god and we can pray lord Give us this day our daily bread. You know my needs. And I can entrust all these needs over to you. So let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we are so grateful for your word and for the privilege of prayer that we can come before you as your children, as Lord... You are filled with wisdom, love, and grace towards us. You do not despise us or turn us away, but because we are united with Christ, that, Lord, you actually turn towards us with your favor and grace. We are so thankful, God. And, Lord, uh, we do pray, give us this day our daily bread. Lord, you know our needs, and we trust that you are full of grace to meet those needs according to what you know is best. God, help us as a church to take those steps towards you uh, day by day uh, to trust you completely. In Jesus' name, amen.